What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Angler's Happy Hour podcast. In today's show, we talk about Rob's new pet snake, my recent trip to Lake Mead at the U.S. Open, and Nick's recent fishing up at Roosevelt Lake. We also do a little bit of Q&A and uh, just have a good all-around time on this episode, so hope you guys enjoy. All right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Angler's Happy Hour podcast. It's an early morning here in Arizona. We're all in rough shape, not because we're partying <laughs> this weekend, but uh, you, you name it. Sick kids, lack of sleep from uh, actually Nick was was fishing yesterday, so he's on a lack of sleep with that. And Rob, of course, looks like a million bucks. He's uh, He's well rested other than a little incident that he had yesterday and we'll get to that but um thank you guys uh, as always for tuning into another episode and rob we've got to start with you dude what uh, what's up your way uh not a whole lot uh yesterday you got a new pet what's that you got a new pet i did get a new pet i'm not <laughs> very fond of him though you're not you, really an animal lover it's okay yeah i i called the garage door guy probably about a year too late. I called him yesterday after the incident. We've had this little hole in the edge of the door on the <laughs> floor. And I kept looking at it thinking, you know what, I'll take care of that. I'll take care of that. And I just hadn't. Well, now it's a must. I've got it blocked with like a, a concrete paver right now. But <laughs> so anyhow, I, uh, I was walking through the garage. It was dark, fairly dark in there. It's not a real well lit garage. And I I happened to look down in that corner. You know, everybody's got that corner with the shovels and the rakes and all that stuff in it, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and there was something coming in the door that just wasn't right. And it ended up being just the body of the snake, right? <laughs> so I like freaked out, ran back to the house. I told my wife, I'm like, we got a problem. Did you shriek? How Give fast your- was this thing moving? It wasn't moving at all. That's the whole thing. It was just sitting there. He was like the fat kid who got stuck in the hole. Halfway in. And I didn't know what end was sticking out. So (laughs) my wife and I go out. I happen to have a shovel in the backyard. I grab the shovel. We walk around. We go out the gate. And she's like right right next to me. And we're walking out. We're like, is it the head or is it the tail? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. And it's his tail. And I would guess I was surprised that he didn't like feel our footsteps and move, right? (laughs) But I just snuck up on him and stuffed it right on his tail. And then I started trying to pull it out. Was the body freaking out as you came down on the tail? Dude, By the way, felt, folks, this is a diamondback rattlesnake, a huge one. And it felt like the it felt like he was pulling the shovel, but he was. It was just I was shaking. I mean, I don't know. I told one of my buddies, he's like, Good job, Tracy. Good job for killing the snake. Like yeah. I stood back and <laughs> You're doing great, but hold on. Bend your elbows like this. It's getting away. Hurry. <laughs> so I'm stuck there forever with the shovel on him, and we're not sure what to do. So I ended up, I had my truck key in my pocket. I unlocked, unlocked my truck and had her open the garage door. Uh, and then he turned around and started striking at the shovel. Oh, my goodness, dude. So, of course he did. So I kind of lifted the edge of the shovel up, and he stuck his head underneath it, and then it, that was the end of him. So. <laughs> oh, but it's just so nasty, dude. You do, like, can you imagine if that thing was like today, my garage is going to get cleaned out. Like I'm, my garage is a mess, but it's, I'm literally going to be out there with my hunting boots on and <laughs> like just making sure there's nobody else in there. So. Dude, that's so gotta be one of the last ones of the season too, right? I mean, no, it's like Octo- mid-October. 
Dude, it was 90 degrees yesterday. Those things yeah. are active, right? And it's you're right, it's the end, but October is probably, I've seen more snakes in October than in early November than any month. So really? Their, their yeah. final feed on before they go do the, the big snake orgy underground. Yeah, we went on a deer hunt early October years ago. I think we counted like 14 of them we saw. Wow. So <laughs> Have you ever almost stepped on one? Uh, yes. Boyd actually stepped on one. Thank goodness it was... Um, uh, it was cold enough that he was super inactive, but yeah, they're just, dude, I, I am not a snake guy. Like they freak me out big time. And I'm not, you know what? I'm not into killing them. Like I won't kill them in the wild, but right. my garage isn't wild. So no, dude, that's crazy. Um, yeah. if you're one of the, if you're listening and you're one of the people that like handles snakes, you know, like, and you're not afraid to go pick one up just turn the podcast off because that's yeah, just, just turn crazy. It that's so oh, weird. I don't, I don't know how people can do that, man. I yeah. thought you'd be like Steve Irwin and you had that like special stick where you could like gently pin his head down and then like sneak it behind him and then pinch him right behind the head and then go gently release him into your neighbor's backyard. No, no, no. Nope. I saw a picture, I think on Instagram the other day of a cotton mouth that had gone up onto a kayak. Uh, no, but kayak fishermen—they got it rough when it comes to snakes. They're pretty hung out to dry. Or, or two dudes on a jet ski at Lake Jordan. I, I mentioned that in my Alabama story, yeah. right? That we saw a big old snake go cruising by, and then meanwhile, I was looking down in my—I'm in like ankle deep water in the back of the jet ski, like, mm, yeah, nice. So Dude, nasty. Yeah. So we got that resolved, and today's going to be the the double check in there and make sure nothing's going on. Uh, my, uh, my garage door guy that I've used for years, I text him yesterday and I said, Hey, I know you're at country thunder, <laughs> but do you think you can help me out with this? I'll call you Monday. And, uh, he texts back and said, you're on your own. Cause I sent him ah. a photo of it, but <laughs> that's uh, funny. Yeah. Dude, if you don't like snakes, have you ever seen when they get like into, they like burrow underground to spend the winter and they just, coagulate into a giant braided knot of snakes rolling on top of each other to stay yeah. warm i've seen that's dude i've a, seen it that's yeah, it i'm afraid that's happening underneath my backyard because we have a culvert that goes from one side of the backyard out to the other uh, where there obviously was a wash prior to this house being built here and i feel like it's uh full of rattlesnakes but you have a, a spoon fest going on for rattlesnakes under your of, bedroom floor one of those culverts in our neighborhood has them i guarantee it like a lot of them so yeah lee so dude we nasty. used to have uh, a little bit of land up in camp verde my brother and i and like everything we do we were inept and totally uninformed on how to be like proper land stewards and the neighbor kept complaining about these tumbleweeds you know because it was just land you know nothing going on and we'd get monster tumbleweeds and then they'd stack up and she's like you just need to come up here and burn them and that just didn't seem like the right thing to do, but she was incessant that we had to burn these stupid tumbleweeds. So we finally went there and we had this giant pile of tumbleweeds. We, we had like two or three of them, 10 feet tall. And we're like, we should not light these on fire. This is going to like burn down the entire central Arizona countryside. But lo and behold, we did light the first one on fire and it was glorious, dude. The whole thing was just like instantly a tower of flames and boom, it's super hot. Daytime like, or nighttime? Daytime. It was like it was like late winter, probably like February, maybe maybe March. <laughs> Dude, this thing just goes up like a two-story house fire. Boom! 
like five snakes zoom out of there, dude. Cause I think they had been like hibernating and then their <laughs> oh. house went up on fire. Rattlesnakes, you think? I, I, Likely out there, huh? Big, big enough snakes to be like the sound that Rob probably made but won't confess to. We were just like, <laughs> I've ever seen my brother with a pitchfork trying to like save himself and he didn't Ooh. get bit, unfortunately, but it was, uh, I felt bad for them. You know, they were probably just like sweet dreams and then everything caught on fire around it. But after that, we took a hint. We're like, yeah, we're just going to like put these on a trailer and haul them away because <laughs> not, not lighting things on fire. I'm a redneck. But I'm also not a very gifted pyrotechnic redneck, and I know enough to know when to quit. So, Dude, there's one thing that's for sure. When you have clutter, it doesn't matter if it's tumbleweeds or uh, what, critters will find it. And oh, uh, yeah. spiders. Uh, you know, thank God I live in a pre-developed. Like, like when we had moved in here, there was a lot of houses that, that were being built not, not far from here. And the scorpions, there were a lot more scorpions. There there. I'll see one once in a while now and it's a lot less, but I'm such a, uh, a messy pack rat of a person that if I was anywhere near a desert, I would have the animal kingdom living in my garage. <laughs> I've only seen one you know, scorpion this year, thankfully. You know what's crazy is our last house was literally two miles south of where we're at right now. And I lived there for over 12 years and never saw a rattlesnake. And it was similar, similar type of land, right? Yeah. But we what we saw were, were bull snakes. And uh, from what I, what I understand, bull snakes obviously uh, kind of deter rattlesnakes from coming around. So they eat them, right? Bull snakes I think eat so. rattlesnakes. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. If I could get a couple of those here, I'd be happy. But That should be your new pet. Yeah. Because within a year now, we've killed two of them. So you, oh, you had another rattlesnake, huh? At the, yeah. At just not house. in the garage, dude. When it's, when it's half in the garage, that's when it really is creepy. So yeah. Yeah, that's that's crazy. Yeah, quite interesting. Well, dude, you uh, definitely gave us some entertainment with that photo. It's on our Instagram for anyone that hasn't seen it. Uh, you can see uh, the tail end of that rattlesnake and Rob's shovel. On the our tail Instagram end of page. his life. But um, touche. I love the comments on there too. It's pretty classic. Uh, it is, man. Yep. Someone um, someone called you out for cutting the wrong end off, and I thought the same thing when I saw that too. But it makes sense that he was on the other end can. of your door. That's right. Just chop. I'll send you guys the ending photo here. I'll, dude, I'll never forget um, way back in the day, fishing a uh, team championship at Roosevelt. And it's the evening before the tournament. We are driving to our tournament registration at Grapevine Boat Ramp. And when you take Grapevine Boat Ramp, the road to that off the main highway it's about a three or four mile, just kind of like windy drive through the desert. And I'll never forget, we sign up and we're rolling back to our hotel from there. And in that three or four miles, if we didn't see 20 or 30 rattlesnakes on the road, we didn't see one. It was wow. like, and it was that, that time of year, you know, it was early fall and they clearly wanted to be on that warm asphalt. It was, yeah. it was just like, dude, that's where Nick had just camped this weekend, you know, but there are so many damn snakes out in that desert. It's unbelievable. And and like when nature happens like that and they all like you, you catch a glimpse of them all doing the same thing, dude. I mean, I bet we ran over, not even on purpose. I bet we ran over five of them. It was crazy. And that's, I mean, that's exactly what bass do too. They all do the same thing at the same time. <laughs> they school up. Yep. Yeah. 
that's that that is nature but uh and that's a perfect segue into uh nick man you just fished yesterday up there what what's up your way man how'd the fishing trip go i finally get to feel how rob feels when i deliver an amazing story that's very entertaining and then the ball comes to you and you're like uh i uh <laughs> no i i did go fishing yesterday and caught nothing i caught a few it was uh it was a good time see that's when the difference out. between you and rob rob actually catches fish Oh, pff. ooh! The main difference, but there's a lot of other ones. He's well rested. He's handsome. He has about the same hair on his head as I do, though. No, oh, it's all there. It's just the wrong color. Oh, I'd take white, dude. Man, George Clooney looks good in grayish white. Anyways, um, we went to Roosevelt, and now you didn't tell me that. That's apparently where all the rattlesnakes school up in the fall, because that is totally where we camped. But I slept in the bed of my truck, so maybe I'm safer up there. Who knows? Brought my little dog. She would have been a nice, nice. hors d'oeuvre for a few rattlesnakes, but she would have fit in well. She was your warm, uh, you know, uh, her, your warmth blanket, huh? Oh, she was great because it was a little chilly. You know, it was cooler in the beginning of the week. I was like, this is going to be a terrible camping trip, but warmed back up and was nice. Uh, I was stubborn, man. I just, I wanted to catch topwater fish. I wanted to throw a buzzbait all day. And, you know, I had my brother back there whipping his little fly rod around like a fairy. So I knew that fishing like in 30 feet of water was probably not going to work super well for him. So I'm going to blame my mediocrity on him. And suffice to say that we found some fish. It was funny, man, fall, right? So they're in like negative eight inches of water in the very back doing cartwheels, trying to, you know, who knows, eat dragonflies or chasing bait. There's a lot of bait right there. So you saw some chasing a little bit. Yeah. And, and did you catch them? And those are like, anorexic bass i don't know why they're so skinny i guess it's because they live in no water and they get caught by eagles all the time but i caught and roosevelt's so healthy right now it's funny i caught a handful of fish that looked like garden hoses like big heads long bodies and skinny that is a weird thing they're, they're working way too hard for way too little that's it huh they just have mm -hmm. a working man's ethic but they don't get paid for their for their dues huh yeah yeah it is, though. You see bait all around you, and then you catch dude. a fish that's so thin. It's like, dude, what's uh, – get with the program, man. Like, why <laughs> aren't you like the other fish? Like, I guarantee there's a lot of fat fish out there right now certain places. 342 grebes are just, like, chowing down on shad, and then you catch a fish that has, like, a skeleton for his body. But Vegan fish. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> I, uh, I didn't try anything offshore. I didn't, I didn't fish any points, so I'm sure – there was other people out there that were having a great time and their biggest five probably went for 18 or 20 pounds. My biggest five went for five and a quarter. So it was pretty, pretty awesome. But Nick's the yeah. only honest fisherman on this face of this earth. He'll come back from a fishing trip and, and, and literally admit he caught five for five pounds. It was great. But my Instagram's <laughs> popping, you know, you take that glory shot with your finger and like, you know, 10 fingers and five mouths and you like hold it up with your wrists inverted I did yeah. that, but you know, they were barely past my face as I held them up, but that's okay. <laughs> That'd be a classic photo, dude. They actually would. Uh-huh. All right. Next like, time I'll do it. But that would be great, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I could have had it yesterday. I mean, we caught fish, but you know, and then you start to scratch your head and think like, well, I know I suck, but it's like, how, where, where is the big bite right now? Like, how do you, you probably need to look down at your damn TV screens and go fish offshore a little bit, but it's, I did a trip there Friday, dude, and it's the big ones are hard to come by right now, in my opinion. Um, I, I just I feel like I completely missed it. We caught a lot of fish, 
we fish shallow, we fish deep, we fished everything and uh, bites are not hard to come by, but quality uh-huh. certainly is. And uh, at least in my boat also. So uh, makes me feel better. There's probably, you know, there's just a, a, there's a school of good ones somewhere, right? Oh, and there is. You know where they are and time yeah. it. Yeah. yeah you, it's the, it's the type of deal where it's uh, uh, easier said than done. Hard, hard, hard to find. But I guarantee when you catch one, and you look at it and say, Ooh, that's the right one. There's another one <laughs> and more with it, you know, but yeah, right. a needle in a haystack. Dude, I will say too, like, I don't know when the full moon is. It's probably in a couple of days, but it was incredible looking in the, just laying in the bed of my truck. It was so bright. The moon was, I should have just freaking launched my boat and night fished. I just was cool. too big of a weenie, but it was, it was amazing. And then once the moon went away, the darkness was like, also extraordinary so i'm going to use that as an excuse too i think they were you know midnight snacking as well, they you were know the big ones chilling the big ones eat at night you know that especially this time of- <laughs> <laughs> i read that little, on the internet little inside deal there but. <laughs> i'm a little slow this morning at 5 a.m um well that's cool dude i'm glad you got out and uh yeah, love the people. Nick had put a poll on our Instagram. You know, is Nick's boat going to let him down? And is Nick even going to catch a fish? And uh, I never got to see any of the results. So uh, it's hilarious, me. dude. Yeah, I think. Um, I how think how did my like people respond? 60% or so thought the boat was going to break down. Okay. Yep. And That's then fair. like 45% or, or so thought Nick was going to catch a fish. So it was pretty oh, funny, man. Yeah my, yeah. my people showing out. All right. Yep. Dude, yeah. and after the week I had had, mechanically speaking, I, everyone knows that I only own garbage and then I treat my garbage worse than garbage. And so, shockingly, I have reliability issues in everything I own. I My Suburban overheated. My Miata is just a turd and it does it shuts off all the <laughs> Your time. Your Miata. That just yeah, who sounds says that? so ridiculous. Who says that? My and, Miata. My Miata. Big Dude. Mike. I tried to pick Big Mike up from the shop twice this week, and it continued to let me down. So by the time I backed up to my boat that hadn't gotten wet since a while, <laughs> I was like, this is such wishful thinking. Like, I just don't even know. But We're going to have a spot open on the podcast here for you listeners if he keeps talking about his Miata. No kidding, dude. <laughs> dude, wait till you experience 350 glorious horsepower in a car that weighs 2,000 pounds. For the seven minutes that it's worked since I've owned it, it was great. It was like the length of Bohemian Rhapsody was excellence, and then it's just been like radio silence after that. But there are big plans for that car, and then you won't laugh. All right. I don't know. He's going to laugh not, as long as you reference it as my Miata. But <laughs> I want to get like a hairdresser license plate frame around it, like L'Oreal or something like that. Cause it is totally a hairdresser car, but it's Goodness. a great time. It's hilarious. Um, man, I was going to go somewhere with, uh, with what we were talking about, but I'm drawing a complete <laughs> blank now, man. That's Cause you want to drive my Miata now. That's where you're going to learn how to drive stick. Dude, I guess so. Dude, yeah. That is the ridiculousness is that my truck is a stick shift and none of my friends can drive stick. So I have to back my truck down. <laughs> can Cody drive the Cody can drive the boat, right? Yeah. Totally. Yeah. So, okay. Right on. Well, Josh, uh, how about you, man? What, uh, let's talk about the open. Yeah. So when last time we talked, I was up in that hotel room getting ready. It was the day before the tournament. They ended up canceling the first day. It was super windy, man. I mean, and it was one of those deals where it was a great call because, uh, first light if you just go off of like first light it's it's it can 
change so much as as the day unfolds and man it was nice and calm up you know i got up to the parking garage like 8 a.m to to tinker with some tackle and it was calm dude by 10 a.m man like the up on that parking garage you can see all the city of henderson and las vegas and stuff and you had no visibility it was so windy it was just dust in the air you know it was it was <laughs> it literally i mean it blew 35 sustained all day you know out of the southwest terrible direction for the lake so I'm glad that we didn't fish, man. It would have been carnage out there. So many what, guys would have just destroyed their boat. Someone could have got hurt. So, what size of wave would that create? You think potentially? I don't know, dude. You know, it's it, it's hard. I, you know, you're not gonna get like a ten foot wave on mead. Over five. Some guys right. might say differently, but yeah, I mean, over five. And dude, they're just the way they stack closely <laughs> together and just beat you to death, like. And and they're so vertically tall too on that lake, man. You know, like I've been out there literally trying to climb waves, like afraid that the boat was going to get flipped over backwards. So uh, huh. I'm gl- glad that we didn't fish. Long story short there. First day of the tournament comes around. I get a great triple A. He's a local, um, just a, you know, just absolute hammer on that lake. And uh, things go as planned. I talked about in practice, you know, how I, I'd found some areas with a lot of bait and stuff. And we roll through and uh, just it's just a solid day of fishing. We end up catching our 10 pounds. And 10 pounds is like the magic number out there. If you can do that every day you stay in the hunt in that tournament, we catch it. And we catch plenty of keepers to spare. Um, we catch them on some soft baits. I will say that the reaction – the reaction bite after that front died quite a bit. I mean, we, we caught a couple fish on like underspins and crank getting to react to a crankbait, but like actually getting them to come up and commit to a swim bait or a topwater was way tougher. Drop shot was a big factor. Um, but the bait was still all around. The fish were all around and it went okay. And we were, after the first day, I was sitting in 14th, out of the 200, like a pound, one eight back of the lead. So huge opportunity, right? Because typically it's a three-day tournament and to be a pound and a half off the lead after two days normally, like that's, that's not a normal opportunity. Like that's, this is a big opportunity. And uh, we're there, you know, we're there, even though it was just one day, we got one day to fish. And I, I knew if I could go catch 12 pounds, I had a pretty good shot. And so, uh, you know, I, I wake up the next morning and, um, dude, it just was one of those days where it was just a, it was just a horrible day on the water. I had a cool triple A and we had fun, but that was really it, dude. I got some type of, and this is no reason on why I didn't catch them, but, uh, just to set the tone for the day, I had had some type of like mild food poisoning. I don't want to call it food poisoning, but I'll just say to leave out all the details, by the time the boat was in the water, I had zero energy. <laughs> really? I was dead, dude. I mean, wow. I was dehydrated and dead. Uh, I had been up for a few hours at that point and just feeling terrible. I, I you know, there was only, only <laughs> two lanes of uh, launching over at Colville Bay. So we had to get in the water super early with all those boats. And dude, I got in the water and uh, literally just slept in the boat because I was so zapped after the episodes of the morning. Um, but you know how it is like you, 
when they call your number for takeoff and you're hauling ass down the lake, like your adrenaline takes, takes over. And no matter how you were feeling, you're like ready to fish. Right. And I was ready to fish by the time we get to our first spot and uh, the bait's still kind of there, but man, the activity level was even lower where I was fishing. And we just kind of, we fished through a lot of the stuff that I was really counting on. And we're like two hours in, I'm still not nervous, but I'm like this, you know, it's get every, every hour that goes by, it's going to get a little tougher, a little tougher, a little tougher. Three hours in, catch a couple shorts, catch some striper. Four hours in, catch some more shorts, catch some more striper. I'm like, damn, you know, we're going to have to probably do something here to make a move because this is, this zone of the lake's not, not doing it, man. And, and I was, I was pretty surprised by it. There was a northeast wind kind of rolling in. It was, but it was a nice breeze. That's not a good direction in general for fishing. You fish always bite better with the south wind, but it was like a nice 10 mile an hour breeze into the area where the fish should have should at least it breaks up the surface and, and you should be able to catch them. And dude, we're just not catching them. So at that point, I kind of started to punt for like 30 minutes I went to a part of the lake that's got just a lot of fish and I just was trying to get some momentum going and there's boats everywhere you know I hadn't fished there the first day and every every zone I wanted to go there's a boat and I'm like ah screw this dude we're not going to do this anymore so I literally I went down to Vegas Wash which is it's the biggest boomer bust area on the lake you know if you can if you can get on them in there and that's that was my thought I was like dude I don't even care I don't care at this point if I don't catch them it's already noon 11 30 and we don't have crap so if we don't catch them it doesn't it's it's we're already in that position now but but if we do run into them we maybe have a chance still to to have a chance to win and and uh we went over there and uh i think i had four or five honestly probably had four or five keeper bites on top water and they all either either missed it or uh, had come off on the way to the boat so long story short man it was it was pretty interesting ended up not having a keeper drop from 14th to God knows where. And, and, but that is like, it's a humbling thing in a tournament to have a day like that, especially, I mean, dude, you wouldn't believe <laughs> as I'm idling in to put the boat on the trailer, everyone in my flight is sitting there weighing and literally every single boat you go by, what happened? What are you, where are you going? <laughs> what happened? Where are you going? And then my phone, ding, 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 ding. What happened? <laughs> uh, you know, how, you know, uh, why didn't you weigh in? And uh, so, yeah, here's my chance in front of everyone to, to kind of talk Respond. about the day. Dude, yeah, I, I just really didn't feel like talking about it 500 times. But, um, yeah, it was just one of those days. And I will say, with there's no points involved in the tournament or anything like that. I, I felt oddly um, at peace with the day, even though it sucked, because I, because I didn't just try to catch two, three keepers and get a check out of it. Like, I would have rather have got a check than not. But um, I was, I did, I was a piece that I did like keep, uh, you know, at least trying to go for it in mind. And that was, that's what I did kind of through the day. It's not like, I mean, it's not like I was, uh, I'm not using that as an excuse, but um, I definitely didn't just mail it in and, and try to catch a couple small keepers to save face. And you didn't have to go on the bank and make a deposit, right? Apparently the stomach illness abated throughout the day. So that's a win, man, dude. Well, yeah, it, it, uh, I, it, it just, the day started and it just didn't get any better. Oh, I ended up, right. I, and I ended up, I ended up 
just driving straight home, got home at like 1030 and just crashed hard that night. I was tired. Dude, it must Still be a fun the, tournament. Go ahead, Nick. Must be the early hours. It is the early hours, but I was laughing with my buddy last night about just like the woes of bad timing with urgency to go to the bathroom, especially on tournament mornings. That's like the, that's just like the, the classic scenario. So even happens to the greats like you. It's good to know. Oh man, we've all got a million stories. But <laughs> yeah. Anyways, um, still fun, you know, still fun. And uh, it, it can't wait to go back next year, you know, and, and huge shout out to our buddy Roy Hawk. Cause he won the tournament, you know, and uh, if you're going to, if you're not going to win, that's the guy that you uh, want to see win your buddy. And man, he is such a, he is such an unbelievable fisherman on the Colorado river. Like it's, this is his second U S open win. Um, he caught an almost five pounder. And uh, the first day of the tournament, there wasn't even a four pounder weighed in. He caught a 487 the second day to ice it down. And uh, also our, our buddy Gunner, he finished third. He listens to the podcast. And uh, I mean, he gave it a real shot too. He's such a young guy, such a great fisherman. He's going to win one too before too long. But uh, man, what a, what an interesting, unique tournament. And uh, yeah, Roy's $150,000 richer. Nice. It's awesome. Rob, were you going to say something, dude? Well, I, I just look at the open and, and you said, you know, it's not a points event and, and you're fishing to win it. And there's not too many tournaments where you have multiple winners like, or multiple guys win it multiple times like Roy and Clifford and Aaron. Who dude, else is? Uh, there's never is, been a scrub to win it. It's such a tough tournament to win, dude. It's really, yeah. you're right. It's really interesting how over the last 20 years, there's like, 10 winners dude yeah yeah and my i mean my theory on that is it's it's guys that you know i don't know how roy finished last year um but i you know second. i noticed he was second last year yes okay but i bet he's had some bombs too right yep yep you like look, you know you take the 10 years he's gonna have six or seven bombs and then like yep. three top fives yep i mean uh you look at clifford perch he didn't have a very good open this year but he's won it three times i believe right yep so, I mean, it's just, there's something in that approach that, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of guys that probably are pretty consistent in the top 50, right? You know, let's say 20 to 50, if there's guys that are consistently finishing in that zone and um, they're probably less likely to win the open, but they're going to be, you know, probably more likely to get consistent checks. But uh, when you're just going for it, I mean, if if Roy went out there to catch just a limit, he probably wouldn't have caught a five pounder. No, you know? so. he had five bites all day. He said, and um, I, I was starting to become that guy. And I, who knows, maybe I still will. But the last three years, yeah, you know, I, I was that guy. Got checked, but not. I mean, literally last year, I was driving home, seventeenth, and I knew I was so far from first as far as just how I fished. I was like, there's no chance in hell I would have won mm -hmm. fishing like this made a little bit of money, but, um, yeah. again, like, you know, it's not really the tournament you go to try to make 4,000 bucks. You're, you're really want to have a chance to win it all. So. Yeah. Something I saw on social media that kind of, kind of made me think of that scenario is, um, Clifford congratulating Roy and said, Roy's one of my favorite, uh, big bass gamblers. That's, that's Roy in a nutshell, dude. He is a damn big bass gambler. <laughs> well, uh, big bass, uh, gambler. Way gambler. To, Say it, Cliff, for sure. But but that's how you win it, right? Otherwise, totally. you don't. You know. Yep. Is there like a tangible 
example that you could think of quickly where like this would be a decision for going for the big bite versus going for the limit? Is it like throwing throwing reaction or top water versus picking up a drop shot, which that doesn't seem because you can catch good ones on a drop shot too. Is it more location specific or is it like, is there a tangible example of what that might look like? I think location is on that okay. lake is a huge factor because there's areas where your chances of catching that big fish that he caught are literally almost zero. And uh-huh. then there's areas that are, it's hard to get bit but that fish lives there and uh but but the bait okay. too i mean it you know certain times yeah keeping that top water in your hand or or you know a jig rather a, than a drop shot or something like that ups your odds of getting a big bite but uh okay i think it, it's a good question I, I do think it's it's probably a combo of both and that that's what's cool about that tournament in that lake is it changes every year okay I mean, if it was if it was consistent you would have 10 guys that were always there and never bomb but i mean Clinger, Clinger had Clinger. And, and not trying to. I mean, look at me. I look what I did the second day. So I'm not calling anyone out because I'm I'm a perfect example of it too. But like guys that like have won this thing and are the best guys on the lake. Yeah. Um. Yeah. They 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 didn't punt and, and try to catch six seven pounds. And there's nothing wrong with doing that either. It's yeah. just and that's cool. I mean, hey, um, like I said, I would rather have caught six or seven on the second day than what I did. But um, you know, it's it's it it's all good. Um fun event and uh it just such a such a challenging one man it's it's pretty wild but yeah, we had one, fun go ahead one go guy ahead, i predict that's going to win it eventually is sean coffee i mean he's like he's just dinking around totally. in that top 10 like when it comes together i talked to him yesterday and congratulated him on a top 10 and um it's just, i don't know what he has going there but it's pretty consistent so. he's a, he's just a stud fisherman dude yeah, bread height yep. also so totally yep yep a lot of good, there's a lot of good fishermen in that field for sure. Yeah, for that, sure. That ha- could, could be the next one to win it. So we'll see what happens next year. Um, one, uh, one other thing I wanted to mention too, uh, just a, when it comes to fishing that lake in that style of fishing, fishing so fast, I don't know if I've talked about it on the podcast before, but um, I was like the last guy to switch to lithium batteries on tour that tournament right there it is so amazing to have lithium batteries in your boat what a difference maker when you're running hard all day long you know if you're if you're a guy that's on the fence if you fish tournaments and you're on the fence of getting lithium batteries it it will blow your mind how much more longevity and power your trolling motor will have like it wasn't even a thought you know typically if you know you're going to be running hard all day long and you're running AGM batteries, like that's just, it's in your mind, right? It's like, okay, how high can I set this thing and stand on it all day and still have power at the end of the day? It is not even a thought with lithium batteries, especially with that power pole charge uh, charger. But I've got the tracker lithiums from Bass Pro Shops. And uh, dude, I was, I was running as hard as I could all day long, plugged the boat in at the end of the day, it's charged within 30 or 45 minutes. It's just unbelievable, dude. Yep. If you're on the fence of doing lithiums for your trolling motor, I would, I would recommend it for sure. Josh, if you, if you back in the day, I I think of fishing Lake Mead and 
we're all staying at one place and everybody's plugged into one outlet. <laughs> I mean, Blow you're stoked if you still have two red bars left at, you know, first thing in the morning. <laughs> Dude, seriously. Yeah. You stay, you stay like an extra 15 minutes at the hotel. Uh-huh. Like it's going to make a big difference, dude. Yeah. It's terrible. <laughs> I remember it for sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. I remember those days. It's the evolution of horse and buggy to like a Lamborghini. <laughs> it's just yep. crazy. I mean, they're, they, you, you got to know, how they work and, and what you're doing with lithiums. But man, if you get, if you have lithiums in that charger, it's dude, if you do everything right, you should never run out of power. It's unbelievable. And, uh, and that was always, always dude, you know, early on batteries were always a problem. Always a problem Always, yeah. at every tournament. So not to say that they're a hundred percent foolproof, but it's a lot better. That's for sure. Uh, we do have a couple uh, questions as well. We'll we'll get to one for sure here. Um, here it is. Hey guys, love the show. I was curious, what is your favorite boat food? Um, I, I know guys, where you, you guys, guys are going. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this episode has been brought to you by the Burger House in Globe, Arizona. There serving, is no better. There is serving no the best green chili burrito since 1842. Um, Oh, of course I'm a big boat eater. I'm sure you guys don't eat on tournament day, right? Are you like slamming granola bars and like not eating during Rob looks like I'll he's a tournament, tournament day, day eater. But I, I'm not going to sit down and eat. But when I run from spot to spot, I'll eat. Yeah. You have to eat. You got to maintain your. Uh, Something whatever. just walked on the floor of my garage. And now after your scary snake story, I was, you know, I don't live in the desert like you, Rob. I'm, I'm an urbanite. But it definitely was bigger than a cricket, and it just walked under my car. So if I go down here, it's because it bit my pinky toe, and the venom is coursing through my veins. You saw something walk under your car? I know it's early, but I it, it was bigger than a cricket. And we've had some we've had some large hairy spiders in this house. I, I'm not a snake fan, and I, I wasn't there, so I would have been scared, Rob. But I am not a spider person like all those eyes and all those legs and then you put a little hair on those things and it's just it's not a winner so sorry random tangent there that i thought i was about to get bit by a a hairy spider yeah i love i love food man you know i i here's a wild card would you guys ever consider eating like a can of tuna or sardines on the boat i have dude not tuna but um yeah for sure dude that's like and the best thing about that is it doesn't need to be refrigerated, you know, and it stays good for so long. I do. I've got some, uh, and it's a, some fish in the boat. Nice. It's a power food too, man. Tons of protein, like essential oil. It's like you eat that and then you're just like, you're just mind becomes so clear, you know, where to go, what to throw, how to do it. It just like unlocks the door. It does it, none of that. It's the healthiest, dude. It's the healthiest, best thing you could have. I'm not saying I love it and look forward to it, but I, you know, I've got, I, I keep a couple on the boat just, just for those days where you don't have something or, or you it's need, pretty good, right? man. You get some crackers and some hot sauce and you roll out a little tablecloth and light a candle. It's nice. Is it bad luck to eat fish while you're fishing? That's a good question. Rob has nothing. Rob, what do you eat on the boat? Dude, are you like so, those old school cheddar cheese crackers that you buy at the gas station? No. Dude, since I've been guiding, when I provide a like on a full day trip, when we provide meals, I do pretty good, dude. Like I get I get the boar's head meat, boar's head okay. ham, boar's head turkey, boar's head chicken, uh little Dave's killer bread, mayo, mustard. Uh, 
salt and vinegar chips. Oh, some oranges. Uh, what else? I don't know. I've made some pretty good meals on the water and, and so you take the salt and vinegar chips and you put them on your sandwich. So you get a little crunch. Oh, you're one of those guys. <laughs> That's interesting. Huh? Dude, when, That's when cool. people start manipulating sandwiches, I remember a friend of the podcast years ago made, was kind enough to bring me a peanut butter and jelly sandwich on his boat. And I took a bite and it was, it was the weirdest thing ever because it was spicy. So I was sure that like the peanut butter had turned or something. He put <laughs> sriracha on grape jelly with a peanut butter sandwich. Yeah, and once gross. I once I knew it wasn't as bad as it sounds, but chips on a sandwich is kind of up there with like making your jelly spicy. I'm not sure. I don't about think that. so. You need to try it. Okay. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I've done it. I've You're done probably it like sure. a French fries and the chocolate frosty person too, right? Nope. Not even close. <laughs> Josh, what do you eat on the boat, dude? I'm well. I'm the trail mix guy. Everyone oh, knows. That's right. <laughs> everyone knows that if they are hungry and want a quick snack, they can walk up to my boat, and I've got a big <laughs> container of trail mix tumbling right around the console there. Yep, and uh, people just help themselves to it. It's hilarious. <laughs> like all my buddies will just literally just they just walk up and take trail mix from my boat. <laughs> that's awesome. All they just know it's going to be there. It's been there for the last ten years, and it's going to be there. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, I love it. I'll never forget um, fishing with you guys. Remember Jason Christensen from Rigid? Uh-huh. He uh, he used to pitch for the Giants, and he w- told me he's like the only food. I mean, this is now obviously things have changed. He he p- played in like the '90s. Um, nutrition has has evolved drastically. Slightly. I'm sure since then, as far as like professional athletes, but he's like on double headers all they would let us eat is trail mix on double headers. They would just eat trail mix. So I was like, all right, well, I'm going to become the trail mix guy. Cause <laughs> if they, uh, if that's all the baseball players could eat on a double header in between games, it's, it's gotta be just the perfect thing to uh, keep you going all day. So the key to that was sure. the Copenhagen though. <laughs> yeah. Copenhagen and trail mix. <laughs> no doubt, dude. I'm sure they, uh, they enjoyed some of that. That's hilarious. Uh-huh. Dude, Planters Peanuts needs to be your next title sponsor. That'd be perfect. You get like Mr. Peanut on the side of your boat. That's funny, man. Yeah, I uh, I like that. Um, obviously, protein bars. You know, uh, oranges. I always have uh, oranges on the boat too. That's a nice, refreshing, you know, good, healthy uh, snack on the boat. And same thing, they can tumble around and they're not going to get all nasty. You know, you don't have to wash them or anything like that. So oranges are great. Um, no bananas. No bananas. I firmly believe it, dude. I'll eat a banana before fishing, but like if I'm taking a banana from in the house to the truck, I'll never set it on the deck of the boat. I'll put it on the trailer fender, but it's never going to go in the boat. You don't have bananas either, Rob? Oh, dude, I had a guide trip on Wednesday and they brought bananas. I'm like, we're doomed. Did you let them bring them on the boat? I didn't know. They're on the, just all of a sudden I look down and I'm like, <laughs> there's the problem. Yeah. You need to be like TSA security inspecting everyone's bags before they get on your boat at the dock in the morning. I think, call. I think banana pudding would be a nice dessert to finish your Dave's killer bread sandwiches on a full day guide trip after catching nothing, Rob. She'd be like, may I interest you in some banana pudding <laughs> after catching nothing on a full yeah, day yeah. trip. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> be great dude it'd be like that'd be like you have like his own special cooler and you could just like open it and be like may i offer you <laughs> some nilla wafers in it <laughs> yeah dude banana pudding is an underrated dessert there's a barbecue restaurant that serves that and 
you feel like you're in second grade cafeteria eating, you know, lunch lady food, but oof, banana pudding change your life. It is. You talking about Rudy's? Yeah. Oh yeah. Do you yeah. still not like barbecue that much? Oh, well, dude, I like Rudy's. Like, I, oh, okay. I love Rudy's actually. I'm not going to be like the first guy, like if it's barbecue or Mexican. I know it wasn't like your first thing, regular right? steakhouse. I mean, yeah. Barbecue is like the last I'll go to, but I love Rudy's. It's awesome. Oh, Rob, you a big Rudy's enthusiast? Yeah, it's very good. Have yeah. you have you tried the banana pudding there? That's the one that's just like I think I have. Yeah. It's yeah. just a nice exclamation point on a it's beautiful gotta be sentence. Real cold. Yeah. Yes. Well, oh, that's, that's a cool. good question. Yeah. Yeah. I don't uh I don't know what else what else what other foods are really coming to me. Everything tastes a little bit better on the boat, you know. Everything. Cold pizza. Cold, if you Ooh. got some cold pizza, that's always a uh, hit for sure. Yeah. Um yeah, and I'm trying to remember the uh, the actual fish that I do keep in the boat. Um, Is it like sardines? Not it's anchovies? not sardines, dude. It's uh, Maxent. Kipper. <laughs> mackerel, actually, dude. Maxent. It's actually mackerel. That actually tipped me off to it. But it's King Oscar mackerel. Justin Lucas got me on it, and uh, he's such a health nut. He eats so well. But it's 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 a good little good little backup to have in the boat. And I would uh, never eat King Oscar. He's a tyrant. <laughs> <Kidding. laughs> um that's why you do so good in those smiley turns you you're dipping your maxent into the juices of the king oscar mackerel and then catching them on the live scope the real that secrets is. come out dude you want to see another at the open you know i i berkeley had sent some baits to a one bass to give away you know some crankbaits and stuff and if I had a dollar for every person that asked for flatworms, I would uh, have been walking out of there pretty wealthy. It's, <laughs> like it's you a, unbelievable, it. dude. Yeah, yeah. Hey, you got any flatworms? You got any flatworms? But um, <laughs> all I can was, think of is when Dave Chappelle's the cocaine addict. You know, in those memes, that's you, or that's yeah. them asking you. It is pretty funny that when you see one of those, uh, yeah, with a fishing bait in the in the meme for sure. But, um, anyways, I think. Uh, I don't have anything else written down. This was kind of a short and sweet episode. We're going to be right at an hour, but it was good to catch up this coming week. I'm actually headed tomorrow to Knoxville to a major league fishing cup. So we'll see how that goes. I don't know where we're going to be fishing yet, but it's going to be fall fishing. I've, I've got 25 rods rigged to stuff into that boat and uh, just go sling away and start junk fishing this time of year junk fishing sometimes when you're on a body water you don't know is just like the name of the game so we'll see next time we talk um i guess we'll be post tournament and we're under nda we can't really talk about the tournament till till it airs but we'll see how it goes i'll still take everyone's good luck wishes and what what do you guys have coming up this week uh, rob what do you what do you got coming up man first are you flying or driving dude i'm gonna drive right on yeah, yeah i was trying to figure out how you could carry all that stuff it'd be impressive yeah. Yeah, I got yeah. a few trips going this week. Um, just enjoying the weather in Arizona right now. So that's good. Where are your trips at? Uh, Roosevelt for sure. I'm not sure on the others. I haven't decided. So nice. TTL. Well, yeah, <laughs> Rob's Rob's the head guide on Tempe Town Lake. Tempe Town Lake. Yep. How about you, Nick? What's What's up this week? I'm gonna set my you know, expectations really low and maintain my gratitude very high. If, if this week goes by where nothing I own lets me down, uh, not counting family members, just mechanically, <laughs> I'm going to call it a win, man. I think, uh, I, I think now that the nitro has gotten wet, I want to go to Saguaro 
and see if I can find, you know, it's funny, your social media timeline or Facebook always says like on this day, eight years ago, six years ago, apparently I've had some good October days at Canyon and Saguaro. And now that I know my boat actually doesn't sink anymore, I'm going to get it wet. So hopefully my biggest five will go for more than 5.1 this week. That's going to be my goal. Yeah, you should be able to break it with one if you have a good day over there. <laughs> Dude, uh, one last thing, and, and a shout-out to uh, my buddy Rick, who I practiced with this week at Mead. He listens to a lot of the episodes, and he had one of those, those like, lifesaver devices, you know, like a, like a GPS beacon oh. where you can charge it up, and if you, if, you, you know, if you get stranded or something, you can, you know, set it off and get was rescued. Was it an in-reach, or what was it? I don't think it was an in-reach, dude. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think it right. was, but I, I, I laughed. I, I had a funny uh, moment out there because uh, he pointed this thing out. And he goes, this is what you guys need to get Nick, and he needs to take it everywhere. With him. <laughs> yep. Uh, he's, and I, I appreciate that. What a, what a kind soul. I always yeah. like to be more like Captain Ron. I don't know if you ever saw that amazing Kurt Russell movie from the early 90s, but when he falls down the stairs of the sailboat and he pretends like he has a broken leg, and then they see him bouncing around on it like 10 minutes later. He says, I've, I'm a fast healer. I've always believed in, you know, in Jesus. So it's like my beacon <laughs> is that. Like, I just know I'm right with the man upstairs. If it's my time to go in a, an inferno of 40-year-old carnage on the freeway, then let it be. Yep, yep. You're living without fear. <laughs> well, thanks again for uh, everyone for tuning in. And uh, we will be back next week.